This is Becca Brown. You're listening to More Than Weight Loss with me, Becca Brown. <laughs> Episode number 17. Breaks on your goal. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the More Than Weight Loss podcast. I'm your host, Becca Brown. I'm a certified life coach and a certified nutrition coach. And I'm here to make your weight loss journey easier, more doable. Because why not? This is the podcast to listen to if you're a mom trying to lose weight. And especially if your mom trying to lose weight and you've tried before in the past, and that's felt really hard. I'm going to teach you what you need to know from both the physiological side of things and the mindset side of things. Let's do it together. All right, let's just go ahead and get started. Sometimes when I record these, I'm like a squirrel and whatever happens to catch my eye while I'm talking, I just go ahead and say, but I will just say that we live here and there's... We live here in Jakarta, across the world. My husband has a job. He's in the military, but he has a job at the embassy, U.S. Embassy Jakarta. It's great. We live in this really nice house that's mostly nice, but kind of is falling down. And just because, uh, I don't know, the quality, the workmanship, I don't know. Can't really. I don't want to say anything negative. <laughs> it's just not like in the U.S. or other developed countries. Anyway, it's lovely. We're mostly very happy here. But we've had some trouble and there's some mold in our house that needs to be taken care of. And I, I had to kind of stop the, they, the housing complex, not the embassy, sent a guy over to repair it. And then I had to like stop him because I was like, I don't think you're doing this the correct way. Like the embassy has like these standard procedures for dealing with this kind of a thing so that we're all healthy. I've I've already lost you, right? Anyway, I'm almost done. So I kind of had to stop this guy and they're going to send an inspector person from the embassy over, but he can't be here this afternoon. So this guy is just kind of pacing out in front of my house. It's 1141. I probably stopped him. I told him probably about 1045, like, Hey, you have to, sorry, but you have to stop. And then I called the embassy anyway. So like, he's just, he's just going to pace outside my house until one or two when the inspector comes. Anyway, I'm just letting you in on what it would be like if we were sitting here at this table having a conversation because I can promise you I would tell you about having to put on my big girl pants and and be the adult that sometimes I am and sometimes I am not and say, I'm so sorry, I'm not trying to offend you or bother you, but I'm going to have to stand up and make sure this is done correctly for the health of my children and myself and my husband. So anyway, I feel a little like that was a thing and I'm proud I did it. Wish I didn't have to. Anyway, that wasn't at all related to today's topic, which is breaks on your goal. Now I'm bringing this podcast and this topic to you because this happened. Um, it came up in a client session that I had this week, earlier this week where, um, I had a client who was like, well, what if I, um, let's see, I can't remember what she asked. She's lovely. And she asked something about basically like if I can't and she's counting her macros. She has numbers to stick to. She's doing a great job. Not all of my clients have that because um, as I explain to anyone who asks, the work that I do with clients is really not client-led because I'm definitely leading this relationship and helping women um, figure out how to get their brain in line so that they're able to hit their goals, whether those are weight loss or otherwise. Um so I'm leading it, but it is based on what feels doable, what feels um, easy or not too hard, whatever the client feels comfortable 
uh, in doing. And so some, some of my clients have numbers and they hit them and some of my clients do not, we do it in uh, different ways. So, um, anyway, she, this particular client was asking, well, something along the lines of what am I supposed to do? Because I couldn't, I don't know exactly what that was. I don't know if she was eating out or if she was eating at a friend's house. I can't really remember. And I was like, oh yeah, no, we don't need to work. Like it doesn't have to be exact. It does not have to be exact. And when you think it has to be exact and when you basically try to, to get worried about the minutia of that, that's putting a break on your goal. That's you putting breaks on these efforts that you're making. It's you, we're working together. You're making all these great choices, um, and kind of deciding what you want long-term and then acting each day, moving towards that, which is amazing and feels so good. So what we want to do is we want to keep you moving on that path. We don't want to put breaks. We don't want to stop you or slow you down. So after that conversation, I was like, oh, for sure, we're bringing this to the podcast. Because I noticed as I thought more about it, which I often do after coaching sessions, because I love what I do so much, is I'm like, I have breaks. There were breaks that um, kind of kept me, kind of pumping the brakes for years, not moving towards what I wanted. And then even now, I do feel like I'm on a great path. I've found a way to think and uh, managed my mind and decided on purpose what I want to believe about myself and my efforts and my potential and all those things. I'm in a great place. I have what I've always longed to have, which is a healthy relationship with food and a very, just non-dramatically, I just get up and exercise most days. And I'm enjoying that. And as the results come, I'm enjoying those too. But it is, so I'm, does this sound weird? I I feel really great about where I'm in or where I'm at. But that being said, I notice that my brain still sometimes offers what essentially amounts to breaks, things that stop me, things that slow me down, things that keep me from moving towards what I want. I'm already enjoying so much of it, but there are always results that I'm working on just for fun, not because it makes me better, but that may be a topic for another podcast episode. But so I thought I'm going to set up our podcast today. I wish I had a whiteboard. I mean, I do have a whiteboard. I have many, but this is an audio podcast. So even if I had a whiteboard, it wouldn't be helpful for for you. So I'm just going to explain it as best I can. But I kind of have like, like breaks on your goal, semicolon, then and now. And the then and now is really for me. It's just like, because I just want to describe these to you so you can be on the lookout for them. And they may, so I, I'm doing then and now because we just want to meet you wherever you're at. And just, just kind of open your mind up. And the interesting thing is, is you might have breaks that aren't, that aren't these, but I think in listening to it and considering it and opening your mind up to kind of look for it, you may be able to notice if you have similar breaks, the same breaks, or some other breaks that you may just want to um, kind of, you know, leave behind. <laughs> they, there was, they're just not, not serving you, so you can leave them behind. So then, and what I mean is then, meaning before I worked on my relationship with myself, before I learned how to set a goal for what I want ultimately and then move towards it with like really not a ton of drama. It's lovely. And that's what I help clients do. But before I figured that out for myself, my breaks, I have three here. There may have been more, but
but I just, I'll just run over these real quick. So number one, my first break, the first set of breaks, the thing that would, that would kind of slow me down and keep me from moving towards what I wanted was believing that it needs to be hard or extreme to work, quote unquote. Like, I really believe this. I just thought it was such a problem. And we've talked, I've talked about this on the podcast before. I just thought my body was such a problem. This was something had gone terribly wrong. This wasn't the body I was supposed to have. It certainly isn't the body my husband was supposed to be married to, which is interesting that that is absolutely what I thought. It's, we should go more into that. I can tell you just a little teaser. Maybe I'll plan an episode on this just because it's interesting to shed light on it because I'm a little, my brain is like, oh, no, 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 don't talk about that. That's weird and you should be ashamed of that. And I'm an open book. And I want to shed light on it because there's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just interesting to notice what my brain used to tell me, which is like your husband, and my husband has a great like muscular physique. It's one of the things that I first noticed about him. <laughs> we were at some, I met him at church in like a, uh, like a young adult kind of youth group kind of a thing. And we were at somebody's house playing games. Actually, we were at his house playing games. And I hadn't really, I was just like, oh, he's a new guy. He had just moved there. He was um, in the Air Force stationed there in North Carolina where I lived. And I was like, oh, interesting. Okay. And then he, we were at his house and he like leaned over the fire. I remember this. He like leaned over the fireplace to do something. I don't, was there a fire? Probably not. Whatever it was. He leaned, he turned around and like leaned over the fireplace to get something. And I was like, are those back muscles? Oh my gosh. I had never literally, I had literally, we love it when people use that word, but this is true. I had literally never noticed or given a second thought to back muscles before in my life until I saw his and I was like, oh snap, that is hot. <laughs> anyway, so my husband, I've always admired his body and enjoyed that he is muscular and has a great metabolism. And there were times in my marriage when I was like, he deserves to be married to a woman with a different body than mine. That's so sad, right? I'm telling you, that is the, that was the water I was swimming in back then. Anyway, so from that, it was like, this is a big problem to be solved. And maybe in the back of my mind, I was like, I hope he doesn't wake up and realize that he should be married to someone with a different body than mine. But it was just a big problem to be solved. And so I thought it was such, such a big problem is gonna require such a big solution. It's gonna have to be hard. It's going to have to be extreme. Like, I'm going to have to give up bread for sure. Definitely, there'll be no sugar and whatever else, right? I need to, four-hour eating window, whatever. I mean, I did a lot of extreme things and more. Um, I used to say to myself in confusion, like, I, there is literally nothing that I won't do in order to lose weight. And the confusion was that I still needed to lose weight, right? It wasn't working, quote-unquote. I was just like, this is so confusing to me because I will literally, oh no, I used it again. <laughs> I will do anything, like anything, but it wasn't working because the truth is those were breaks. Believing it needs to be hard and extreme and crazy, that is a break because yes, you can do that. Like I could do that, give up bread, give up all carbs, give up sugar, give up eating, give up all of the above but it's just not sustainable because at a certain point, my body is just like, hey, yeah, so we're hungry. And further, 
when I realized, when I would believe the things that I believed about my body, like this is a problem to be solved. This is like something terrible has gone wrong here. That's really what I thought. Then that made me feel so terrible, so disappointed, so dejected. So like, um, what's the word for like giving up? I bet there is one, but because this microphone is on and I've hit record, I won't be able to think of it. But basically, whatever negative emotion I was creating with my thoughts, with what I was believing and thinking about myself, I just, it made it that much harder to go and do that hard thing. Because when we're feeling, say, um, disappointed, does is that the thing where like, you know what, I'm so disappointed, you know what will help? I'm going to go prep some chicken breast. Let's get a marinade going and then I'll grill them later on and then I'll eat them for the next, you know, I've got lunches and dinners for the next three days. No, you're not thinking that. If you're feeling disappointed, you're like, this feels so crappy. It's probably time for a Pop-Tart. That was never really my thing. I don't know what my thing was. Anything I could get my hands on in that moment when all of a sudden it just became so uncomfortable to feel that negative emotion that I was creating by what I was thinking and believing about myself. It's just so hard. It de- and, and I was totally wrong. That was a break because believing that it had to be hard made it so it was this thing that I was, that I was either on it or I was off it. And when I was on it, I was on it a thousand percent. And when I was off it, I was off it a thousand percent. The two, there were, it was like two versions of me and they had almost nothing in common. <laughs> And that was a break because that made it so hard. If I could just, um, it's like they talk about in Atomic Habits. They, his name is James, I believe. Is it James Clear? I might be wrong about that. The author of Atomic Habits talks about how in order to make like, like the rudder of a ship or of an airplane, it's probably not called a rudder, but an airplane just needs to change direction like three degrees when they take off from like California And if they just change direction three degrees, this will be the worst quote and like explanation of atomic habits of this expert excerpt of atomic habits that you've ever heard, but stick with me. Okay. Don't let me lose you here. A plane takes off from the West. It's heading towards the East. If it, if this plane changes to New York, if the plane changes direction three degrees to whatever other direction to the South, to the East, to the West, whatever, to the right, doesn't matter if they change if he slightly if the pilot slightly adjusts his direction three degrees it's nothing he ends up in Washington DC instead of New York City that's a huge distance I've driven from Washington DC to New York City it's like a four four and a half hour trip it was a tiny shift and the point he's making and the point that I am trying so desperately (laughs) hard desperately to um make to you is that it doesn't actually have to be hard. It just has to be something that we consistently do. It's the back and forth. That's the break. If we just did something that was like reasonable and easy and like not earth shattering, then we're able to keep doing it consistently. And then that's the thing that gives us the results. That little effort over time is the magic and thinking it has to be hard and extreme puts breaks on it. Because then you have to be either on or off. Some of those extreme ways of eating and living, there were times when it just, it was impossible. I couldn't go on a date with my husband and enjoy whatever with him. We couldn't have Christmas, we couldn't celebrate the Christmas season while I was still on 
whatever extreme eating thing I was then. It just, it, it, it was, it was a break. It was breaks. I don't know how to talk about this intelligently, but I think you're getting the point, which is why I'm here. Okay. So that's the first, the first breaks that I've noticed that I noticed from before I kind of got where I wanted to be. Second one is all of the doubt and questioning if it will even work, which I did a lot. And I think this is very common because most people, I just spit, excuse me. Most of the people (laughs) that I talk to, um, who are considering working with me, they, they kind of experience this. Like, I'm not even sure if this will work for me. And I just want to offer that it's a, that it's breaks because it does slow you down when you question, will this even work? And I get that it probably doesn't feel like a choice. It certainly didn't feel like a choice for me. I wanted desperately to believe that whatever, whatever weirdo thing I was doing at the time was going to work for me. I desperately, I just wanted to believe that I could have what I wanted to, what I wanted, which was really honestly more than a smaller body, just like a, like a, um, love and appreciation for myself. Just like a, like a, a feeling of comfort or or feeling of like, I'm at home in my body, like physically, mentally, emotionally, we're all together, which I did not have. And then once I figured that out, then I could actually, then it became less important to lose the weight. And then I could just do it because it was fun, not because it was imperative. Um, so, and I point it out because it's, it's, it's totally optional. You don't need to doubt and question if it will work, quote unquote. I talked about this with a, um, with a different client also, maybe last week, maybe this week, but it was, it was, um, I mean, it's, it's not uncommon to like, will this even work? Can I even do this? Especially in the face of like, things aren't going so well. Like I said, I was going to do this thing and then, and then I didn't. And I want to offer that it's optional and to doubt if it will work, quote unquote. But what I can offer you instead, which is what I offered to this client was like, well, we don't know what will work, quote unquote. So often we go outside of ourselves to find, you know, someone on the internet. I realized that. For many, I'm someone on the internet, <laughs> so that's okay. But someone on the internet who has the answer. I don't have the answer for me. I don't, I can't figure out how to make this work, but someone on the internet has the answer. And then, and then we have to question whether their way will work for us. It's not even necessary. Instead, what if we just lived on the foundational belief of, I will absolutely figure this out. Whatever it is I want, like I said, I wanted to feel comfort, joy, like a familiarity, like a, like a, like a, this fits with my body instead of what I felt for so long, which is like, this is a huge problem. And this is not what I was meant for. It was meant for me. Like something's gone wrong. I wanted to feel like something had gone right and feel joy and appreciation and gratitude for my body and not shame and embarrassment and just confusion about it. That's what I wanted. And so many of my clients are like, yeah, I just want to feel like I know what I'm doing. I want to believe that I'm taking care of my health. I I believe now that I've let myself go and I'm not taking care of me. And that feels terrible. I want to believe that I am taking care of me, that my health matters to me and that I'm taking, yeah, great care of myself. So if we live on the foundational belief that like, I will absolutely figure this out. I will do what I need to do to get what it is I want, to hit my goals, to 
to figure this out, to have a great relationship with food, to have a great relationship with myself, to, you know, do the things, exercises or whatever it is, um, sleeping, water, you know, steps, whatever it is, I will get those things, the things that I want to put into my life now in order to have the health that I want later on or now or, you know, all the things. I will absolutely figure that out. And maybe it's this thing, this particular thing I'm doing right now, and maybe it's not, but I'm not going to give up until I figure it out. So then like, we don't need to rest all of our hope on this one way because we're constantly looking outside of us like, is this going to work for me? No, we want to take that, that onus and put it back on ourselves. Like I will not give up until I figure this out, period. Because I can, I can rely on myself. I can, I've got me, like I'm taking care of me. There's no doubt that I'll figure this out. I don't know what it'll look like. Maybe it'll be this thing I'm doing now. Maybe it'll be three things down the road. But I'm all in because I'm not, I'm no longer doing these crazy extreme things that somehow promise weight loss, but are seem the opposite of healthy. I'm just not, I'm just not doing that anymore. I'm doing things that I feel good about doing. And maybe they will get me the results that I want and maybe they won't and I'll need to keep looking, but it's not a problem. It's like if I, if you have like a, someone close to you, someone who you love in your family or who has a health issue, has an illness, has a, has a situation and you can't, and and you want to help them. And you're like, I'm just thinking like if one of my children were sick, be like, well, I don't know what the solution is. I'm not a doctor. I don't have that training, but I can promise you that I will figure it out and I will do whatever it is that I need to do to help them. That belief, which I think we probably all have, right? All of us moms. What if you took that level of belief and like, I'm absolutely going to figure this out. So then there's no need for like the doubt and the questioning. There's no need to put your brakes on whatever it is you're doing by doubting or questioning it. Like I'm absolutely doing things that I feel good about. So yeah, there's, there's no, no need to, no need to like stop because often when I was doing this, my doubt of like, is this going to work led me to like a bag of Cheetos? No. (laughs) Right. So then it's like, wait, what's happening? We're not, we're certainly not acting in support of who we want to be. Although I still enjoy a good Cheeto every now and again when, and and it's fine. It's not a problem, but like the whole bag and then I feel sick and yeah, that's not going to work. That those are breaks right there. Because let me tell you what you don't want to do when you've eaten a whole bag of Cheetos. And it's go exercise, go walking, or get your pajamas on and go to bed early, right? No, you're like, and now it's time for social media and probably we can have some ice cream. And that will definitely make me feel better after all that I've eaten. I'm telling you, the brain is, is an amazing, amazing salesman. Okay, so that's number two. Number three is relying on willpower or motivation. Now this relates a little bit to number one. Because um, <clears throat> it was those extreme things, those things that just seem so hard, such a sacrifice that requires so much willpower, right? Where you're white knuckling and you're like, I don't know, I guess I'm going to keep doing this. I, it's fine. Just don't look at the bread. Don't look at the bread. Don't look at the bread. Um, but this, this may look like other things. There's a whole other side of it that I want to bring up. And it's this idea that like, if I hate myself, I will be motivated to go and work out. 
if I point out how gross I've let my body get, then I will, then there's no way I'll sleep in tomorrow morning. I'll for sure get up and get that workout in at that early hour, the only hour I can actually spare for exercise. But it's not true. I mean, it, it goes beyond that too. For sure, if I'm convinced at how much my husband deserves, my husband with his muscular, very nice looking body deserves someone who also takes care of herself. He deserves someone who looks different from me. If I just point that out to my brain or, or if my brain just points that out to me and my poor little heart, that will be the thing that will get me to go and, you know, eat a salad for lunch or, or, you know, eat protein and, you know, make a choice that isn't like burgers and French fries when we go out or not suggest to my husband that we go to the pizza hut buffet for dinner, which we used to do, which I actually remember with fondness. <laughs> Those are good times. It was when our children were little and we lived in Texas, I believe. Anyway, none of that matters. That was a good time, but I was so often choosing, making choices that did not line up with what I wanted. And so that was actually the problem. It wasn't the bigger body size, although I didn't realize it at the time. The problem was, is that I wanted something and then I, I was the thing getting in the way of what I wanted. I was the one who could not in the moment show up for myself and my future goals. I was way more, I was just in the moment and it was impossible to make choices beyond that moment. And that was difficult because I, I realized that I could not depend on myself, that when it mattered, I could not, I did not have my own back because then I would make choices that didn't line up with what I wanted in the long run. And then I would say mean things to myself about that fact. And it was just not, it's just not, I mean, zero stars would not recommend. Okay. All right, so maybe you see yourself in that. And what I want to say just kind of as an, and I've said it a little bit along the way, but just so I'm perfectly clear, what I suggest to you and what I want to offer is that there's no mystery about how to lose weight or whatever goal you're looking towards. But I think if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are interested in losing weight, which uh, P.S. is okay. There's some things you'll read online that that might make you believe that it's not okay that you want to lose weight, that if you were a more evolved version of yourself, that wouldn't matter as much to you. I got caught up in all that a little bit too, and it was tough. Maybe it th- maybe that's the subject of another podcast episode. Just stay tuned. I have a lot of things to say. But if you want to lose weight, it's totally fine. And if you want to lose weight also, what I can suggest to you with every ounce of love that I have in my body for you and with all the good things that I have to offer this world and to you is the best way to do that is find small kind of boring changes, slowly put them into your life. Not all at once, not extreme, not sexy, not exciting, nothing that you can really, I mean, you could get on Instagram and talk about it, but like no one's, it's not, it's not winning any awards for like, people clicking through. Okay. It's boring. It's little things. It's like, what can I do to add 30 more minutes to my sleep at night? What can I do to get a little bit more water? What can I do to make sure that I'm prioritizing protein at every meal? What can I do? How can I set myself up so that I'm making wise choices in what I'm eating and what I'm doing that support what I want in the long term? And as many of those decisions as you can make ahead of time, you're better off because a different part of your brain 
the prefrontal cortex is the thing that takes over when you plan in advance and then learning to just honor those choices made in advance. And when you don't honor those choices, which happens, be super kind to yourself and then just try again the next day. That's really it in a nutshell. So that's what you can do. If you want to lose weight, that's, those are my best words. Now that being said, and make sure that you're on the lookout in your, um, brain for breaks you might be putting on yourself. Now I want to offer just, let's see, three more. I'll talk about fast. I don't talk about anything fast, but I will talk about these things quickly that still, even as I've done the work, even as I've made this like a pretty big focus of last year and the work continues this year of kind of being there for myself and making goals because they're fun, but no matter what, knowing that I'm lovable and worthy and wonderful and a mess and great and awful and all the things and just loving all of that about myself. But even, and honestly, enjoying a body composition that I've never had before, a relationship with food that I've never had before, a relationship with exercise. Like I remember saying probably two and a half years ago, like I just want to exercise mostly every day with like no drama. And I do that now. It's so beautiful. But even now, as I've really like harnessed my brain and like put myself, my highest part of myself in charge most of the time, I notice that some things still crop up that will put the brakes on what I'm working towards. The first one is thinking that it needs to be exact, exactly what my um, client was talking about. And that's how I could answer her so well, because I noticed that like, if I need it to be so, so exact, that puts the brakes on it. Cause it, that's coming from a belief is like, I have to get this absolutely right. And, and more pay attention to this part that it would be better if it were more exact. Like it's better if I know exactly to the gram of whatever's in this thing that I'm eating. Not necessarily. Even just believing that that's just, that's an optional thought in and of itself. If I can figure out, like if I can scan a barcode and put my stuff in, like I'm good. But if I can't, I, it can just be good enough. And coming from this, like, again, it's not a problem. It's not a big problem with a big solution. It's not a problem at all. And I can just make choices in support of who I want to be. And sometimes those choices are exact and right on easily. And sometimes they aren't. And all of it's good. All of it's amazing. And I just personally, I'm what some people like to call as a control enthusiast. I'm still that way and I'm okay with it. Um, I've let some things go and I've let not let other things go and that's fine. But I love to offer these thoughts to my control enthusiast brain. It just means I'm a control freak, but it's a nice way to say it. Um, I love to offer these things to my brain. And my brain's like, no, it would be so better if we were totally in control of what I'm eating. And like I had complete knowledge of that. So I like to say to my brain, really? I don't know. That's just a thought anyway. And if I can, great. But if I can't, even better. Because I, I, there are times in my life when I have goals that I'm working towards and specific things I'm working on. And so I want to be measuring my food and counting. And I, I don't, I, it's not a problem. I actually think it's a fun game. But do I want to do that the rest of my life? Do I want to believe that I have to do that in order to have the body composition that I want to have? No. So I love that it's like a little bit like, oh yeah, we're just going to like guesstimate because one day we'll be guesstimating on all of it and none of it's a problem. So for sure thing it needs to be exact. It does not. Second 
set of breaks that that sometimes show up for me is comparing my body to others like come on y'all have you been on Instagram lately like where are all these like 24 6 8 29 year olds <laughs> I have no idea in their little what are those leggings the scrunch leggings where like it really goes pardon my French like up the crack my butt does not look like that and I'm good with how I look and I've loved my body and like it is what it is but sometimes I get on that Instagram and I think oh my gosh was that the oldest sentence I've ever said sometimes I get on that Instagram pardon me I'm not I'm 41 anyway sometimes I get on Instagram and I see these girls and I'm just like oh my gosh I will never have that body and the truth is, is I won't because these girls have never had a baby and they you know, are younger than me and they don't actually have the genetics that I have. And I had a baby, I had four of them and they, they clawed their way out and, and that shows. And it, so it's, it's, it's fine. I mean, this is a thing that we sometimes do, but it's not required. And I noticed that when I indulge in it, it's always an option. When I indulge in it, I actually start to feel terrible because I have thoughts about me and my body that create negative emotions. And then it's harder for me to get up and do the things that I'm so happy to do, which is work out or plan my food or prep my, you know, I don't know, like grocery shop or um, order the groceries. Let's call it what it is. Order the groceries or um, meal plan for the dinners, right? Like whatever it is that make it easier for me to have the things I want to have and enjoy the relationship with food and exercise that, that I now enjoy, those things all get, get harder when I'm feeling the negative emotion created by thoughts that I have when I start to compare myself to others. Here's the truth. You might be doing this too. I just think that we do it. Most of us do have done it for so long. It's, we don't, we're just in the habit of doing it. The truth is, the scrunch butt legging girls on Instagram have nothing to do with me. And I have nothing to do with them. Their bodies are not relevant when it comes to me thinking about my body. It's just not relevant. And I love to remind myself of that because when I do think it's relevant and when I do, when those thoughts do kind of sneak in, they fight their way to the, to the front of the line. They're like, hey, we used to be here all the time. We're coming back. Remember, we spent many, many minutes comparing our body to someone else's body. So when they sneak back in, I just notice, oh, look, I don't even want to work out. Interesting. And then maybe I don't work out or I do. doesn't matter really either way because one day is just one day. But I just notice like, okay, maybe that's not the kind of thinking that I want to indulge in. And it is indulgent. <laughs> it really is. So in that moment, it's mind management. It's reminding myself that my body has nothing to do with their body. It's like I would never go and look at a guy and say, gosh, he's so much taller than my husband. Gosh, it would be so much better if I was married to him instead of my husband. Or he, whatever it is whatever it might be that I might compare. It's just not relevant. It's not, I mean, it's, it's just not relevant and it's not helpful and it is optional. And I don't know that I realized that for a long time, but like I said, sometimes the thoughts still creep in. And in that moment, I manage my brain 
and I talk back to my brain and I say, oh yeah, that's not helpful. But that is a beautiful body. Bodies are amazing things. She's doing that. She's, you know, squatting that ridiculously heavy amount. Good for her. I love that for her. And my body made four babies, four humans on this earth came through my body. It's amazing. Bodies are amazing. Mine is, hers is, all good. You know, all, it's the same way I think about humans. Like I have good things and I have not so good things. My children have really great qualities and really, and qualities that kind of drive me bonkers. And I'm here for all of it. My body has great things and things that maybe aren't so great too. I'm here for all of it. And when I tell myself that and I work on believing it, it's then I don't have to have the brakes. Then I'm not pumping the brakes on my efforts towards reaching the goals that I want. So just notice that if that is um, part of your, if that comes up for you. Okay, and then number three. Oh man, we're, we're over a half hour now. I'm trying to talk fast. Number three, um, the breaks that I put on myself now, which don't happen as often as they used to, but still will sometimes, again, like I said, fight their way to the front of the line is speaking unkindly to myself when I have an off day. Now this is tricky because so many of us are doing this and we don't even realize it's just a thing that happens and we don't, it, we're just so used. We're in the habit of doing that. We don't even realize that we're doing it. It, so if I have a, a workout, I have not much drama in terms of working out or not working out because I mostly work out. But right now I've noticed that I'm taking a really long time to work out. I'm like really delaying between sets and like getting lost on Instagram and, you know, getting uh, distracted doing other things. And like, it's like taking forever to do my workouts. So in that moment, I have the opportunity to be like, hey, you would be better if you wouldn't do it this way. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Like you got up at five this morning to work out. And it's now 9.30 and you've done lots of things. You put your kids on the bus and packed their lunches and made their breakfast and got your other kids up and did this and did that. But you're still in your gym clothes and you're still not done with your workout. This is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, that's one option. Or, hey, look at you. Even when it takes a long time, you still do it. You're not giving up on you. Yay. This is one way to do it. Is it better to do it quicker? Maybe. There's certainly some part of your brain that thinks some part of our brain. I've lost what perspective I'm talking in. There's some part of my brain that tells me it'd be better if I was done with this, but that even that is an optional thought. And I've noticed that if I want to do it different, the best thing I can do is not talk to myself and tell myself how I'm doing it wrong and I should do it different is instead making what I'm doing right now. Okay. And being supportive and loving and kind to myself Because from that spot, then I can make a different choice. Then I can open up to like, hmm, I I wonder what I could do in order to get these workouts done a little bit quicker. It doesn't make me better if I do it quicker, but I, I just might want to. I could try. So notice, so for sure, speaking unkindly to myself puts brakes on. Because when I'm, so let's say, so this morning, another morning where it kind of took a while. And if I thought to myself, gosh, like this is so dumb. You should not be doing it this way. How does that feel tomorrow when it's time to go do my workout? It feels not so great. And those are breaks. I'm making it harder. Like if it's almost like there's, there's acceleration, like 
we're accelerating towards like, yeah, like there's a lot that I've set up. I get up, I put on my workout clothes. It's not really a question of whether I'm going to work out or not. There's the acceleration. I got it. I'm on the gas pedal, but the brakes is you're doing it wrong. You should be doing it different. You should have already figured this out. This is actually kind of embarrassing. Stop getting on Marco Polo and talking to people. You're still in your gym. You're still in your workout clothes. Also, it could be the Marco Poloing that's causing the delay. But like noticing my brain is like, you shouldn't show people this. This is embarrassing. They're going to think that you're crazy. No, it's all fine. And who cares what they think anyway? What do I think? And I think, wow, it doesn't matter how the morning goes. I'm going to get this done. I'm totally committed. It's so great. You can do the same thing. So learning to, so if speaking unkindly to yourself when you have an off day or when you don't do the things you want to do, that's, those are breaks accelerating or coasting accelerating is talking really nice and kind and supportive to yourself coasting is you just not indulging in the negative talk and that's really what we want to do i make it easier for myself when i choose to avoid the breaking sometimes there's acceleration sometimes i'm really moving towards my goals and sometimes i'm coasting but either way i'm moving towards the result i want And the same is for you. The same goes for you. Find the brakes and let's just stop hitting the brakes. Let's just find the acceleration, find the coasting if we need to. And you do it by managing your mind. I'm telling you, it's like the biggest life hack that I've ever heard of, which is why I'm on this podcast talking about it. All right. That's going to be all for me today. It's a longer episode, but I, it just needed to be said. Anyway, we, I will talk soon. I believe next week I'm going to do a live class with coaching available. Apparently that is harder to set up than I thought for my brain. So get on my email list. If you want to be part of that, DM me on Instagram at Becca Brown, the coach or email hello at Becca Brown.com. And I'll add you to the email list. You will get the invite for the zoom link. It should be next win- next Tuesday night at a 9 PM Eastern time. That's the plan. And I will see you then. Okay. Bye.